song. I love that song as we talk about the powerful name of Jesus. You know, in the name of Jesus, people are healed. In the name of Jesus, doors are open. In the name of Jesus, it says the demons flee. So today, right now in our homes, wherever you're watching or listening to this, why don't we give God some praise, lift up the name of Jesus over our lives and our family and our church. Come on in the chat room, give Jesus some praise right now. He is worthy and uh, deserves our praise. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Bronson, with my wife Gabby. Uh, we are the pastors of our Melbourne West Elevation location. And I uh, just want to let you know that in the coming week or so, we're going to give you some news, uh, an update on what our plan is to going back into in-person churches uh, as we reach certain levels and the government says we can go back. And so we're going to tell you what that's going to look like, uh, when it will be, and just want to thank you, church. Gabby and I want to thank you for your commitment to the church in your attendance, in your leaning in, in your continued giving, and just say thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts and behalf of our lead pastors, Ross and Kathy Abraham. Uh, we miss you. We love you so much. We can't wait to see you in person again, uh, which should not be too long to go now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today we're coming to hear from your word. I pray that you speak to us, Jesus. Holy Spirit, uh, impress on our hearts a conviction uh, of what we want to share today. In Jesus' mighty name, <clears throat> amen. Come on, say amen. Amen. Growing up, I had a good friend who was a bit of a sports freak, and uh, he was good at every sports that he tried, basketball, uh, tennis, cricket, uh, athletics, footy. He was just a freak. Myself, uh, not so much. Uh, every sporting event that I entered into in athletics, I came last or second last. Very demoralizing. I played in a, uh, a basketball team in my teens and uh, our team only won one game all season. It, it was really, really bad. But you know what? Every dog has its day. Every dog has its day. And I'm talking about the time that I led uh, my team in the Altona Gate Leisure Center Indoor Soccer Division 5 Championship. That's right, you heard it. I led the team to win that championship. And I uh, won on that day, not just for myself, but all the other people out there who perpetually are losing in sporting events. As Rocky says, yo Adrian, we did it. And uh, uh, it was an underdog story if I ever told you, if there was ever one. I went live, had some offers from Hollywood to turn it into a, a motivational movie. Penguin Books, I've had to tell them, look guys, I'm not yet ready to write my autobiography. That's just one amazing accomplishment of my life, guys. There's many more to come. Uh, Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker, I've had to tell him, hey man, just cool your jets. I'm not going to join the circuit with you just at this time and maybe you're doubting me today well i thought it'd be a great thing to show you my trophy but unfortunately i can't find it so what i'm going to do instead is i'm going to show a picture it's going to appear here it might take up the whole screen a picture of me accepting the trophy on that uh, amazing day a few years back uh, now I wonder if anyone here has ever won a sporting event, a competition, something that you entered and you, and you came first, you won, whatever it was. I mean, how good does it feel, right? It feels so good. If you did that, something like that, why don't you write it in the chat room right now, share the story with us, we'd love to hear it. Well, today, 
We're going to sort of talk a little bit like that, uh, talk about a subject sort of like that in Philippians 3.13. Get your Bibles, open up there. If you don't have one, the words will be on the screen. Uh, The Apostle Paul says this, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, forgetting what is behind and straining uh, forward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgets the past, presses on towards the prize, towards the goal that God has called him to. My message today is entitled, Know the Goal. Say it with me right where you are. Know the goal. Type it in the chat room. Know the goal. Turn to the person next to you and say, know the goal. Have you ever watched a grand final? Uh, two or three weeks ago, it may have been four weeks ago, we had the AFL grand final where the, uh, um, who, who was it that won again? I've got to check my notes. That's right. The Melbourne Demons beat the Western Bulldogs. Absolutely thrashed them. And then I think it was last weekend or the weekend before, we had the NRL Grand Final. Probably you don't watch it, but if you do, you'll know that um, I think it was the Penrith Panthers. Yes, the Penrith Panthers beat the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, and so that was a great game. And maybe for you, you're not so much interested in AFL or NRL and instead you're about the Soccer World Cup that's every four years or maybe the Rugby Union. World Cup as well, it's every four years. Or perhaps your thing is, is none of those things, it's more the American sports, the NBA, the NFL, the, uh, games like that. Uh, well, regardless of what it is, when it comes to the grand final, the championship game, usually before the game starts, the, 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 the TV network does a shot, takes a picture, does a video of the trophy, the prize, uh, the cup that they are uh, that they are fighting for, that they are trying to win, that, that this cup, this trophy, and it's, it's big, it's shiny, it's the prize. Interestingly enough, there's an interesting thing, the teams don't focus on the cup or the trophy, instead they focus on the goals. They focus on those two sticks, or they focus on the try line, or the end zone, or wherever it is, the basket. They focus on the goals instead of the prize. And it would be stupid if during the game they kicked, they threw the ball, they handballed, they kicked, whatever it is that they did, the ball at the cup, at the trophy. You would think this is just crazy. Why are they doing this? Focus on the goal, not the prize. Well, here's the thing, church. Here's what's so interesting about Christians. Oftentimes, we are like that. We cook towards the prize instead of the goal. Today, don't confuse the prize with the goal. What then is the goal that we should be aiming for? If we get confused sometimes, what is the goal we should be aiming for? Well, before we delve into that and speak about that, I want to talk about some of the things that we think are goals that distract us from our true goal in life. And so let me unpack that for you now. Some incorrect goals that we have. Number one relationships, an incorrect goal. Relationships are good, they're actually great. In fact, we're just coming off this a series, a four-week series talking about relationships, so they're important. They're so, so important for us, but good things can become bad things when they become the be-all and the end-all of our lives. And so in your life, your, the goal of relationships, your spouse, your kids, your friends, if 
that is the pinnacle goal of your life. That is a distraction from the true goal that God has for us. How about this one? Possessions. Possessions. Uh, one of the most prized possessions I have is a, is a present I got back in 1986. Some of the people watching this can't even compute that because I was born so much later. 1986, on my ninth year of living, I got a off-road remote control car. It was called a Jet Hopper. Had this special turbo function, big started thick tires, and, and, and it could go anywhere with this, this, this remote control car. Concrete, grass, gravel, dirt, uh, the whole lot, sand, it could go across it. And I love that remote control car. It, it was the best present in my life up until that point. And I'm not gonna lie, probably top five present of my whole life in terms of how much I loved it, what it meant to me at that particular time. Unfortunately, not all stories have a happy ending. I had a neighbor, uh, a, a, a girl neighbor, and, and she was playing with it one day, and she dropped the remote control, and you know how they had the big antenna? Well, back then it had the big steel telescopic antenna. It fell, it snapped, and it meant that the remote never connected to the car anymore, and so unfortunately, never worked again. One of the saddest days of my life. You know, our homes, our cars, our bank accounts, jewelry, clothes, shoes, our, our home decor, uh, big toys, tools, technology, possessions, all those kinds of things. Uh, if they are the goal and the pinnacle of our life, they're distracting us from the true goal that God has for us. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having them, but if they became the main goal of your life, the good can become bad and can distract us from God's goal for us. How about this one here, status, status. The primary school that my uh, two oldest children went to, Essendon North Primary School, and uh, who my youngest child, Roman, is actually gonna be going to next year for uh, prep for foundation, had this thing called Junior School Council. They, they uh, shortened it to JSC, Junior School Council, where it was aware a representative from each classroom and would represent their class to make uh, small decisions to make the school better. This junior school council and, uh, was elected by your fellow students and the teacher, and so you were elected to help try and make some things better in the school, come up with some ideas and things like that. Well, my oldest uh, child, Joelle, she went for junior school council, JSC, a, a number of times, a couple of times actually, and uh, I remember us working on her speech, because she had to give a speech, right? Her, her vote for me speech. I remember telling her, you know, make sure you look at people, speak confidently, you know, speak loud so people can hear you. You know, and, and then I went kind of like all politician, you know, tell them how you're gonna make their life better. Like, like I don't know if you're gonna be able to do that, but just tell them things are gonna be better with me. And then don't forget at the end of your speech, say, so please vote for me. My name is Joel Blackmore. You know, I'm gonna lead our school into a new prosperous, time something along those lines and you know the first year she went for JSC she didn't get it she was very disappointed and it was one of the, some other person that's like oh that person didn't deserve it but the second year I remember calling her up I was at work and I said hey Joelle how'd you go with JSC and she's like oh dad 
I didn't get it. And she said, just joking, I got it. And she was so excited and I was so proud for her. And she got this badge, this, this yellow JSC badge and she used to wear it every day to school and she was so proud of being on the junior school council. Status, you know, our career, our reputation, our standing in society, our looks, our achievements, all these things, we can fall into the trap that status is what life is all about and it distracts us from the real goal that God has in life. And having status is not a bad thing, but it can become a bad thing when it becomes the only thing that we are aiming for in life. And you might be here today and think to yourself, well, Pastor Bronson is not a big fan of goals by the sound of it. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. I believe we've got to have goals in life. I believe that we need to determine so these are some things I would like to accomplish in life. These are some things that I want to do. And it's amazing when someone says, this is what I want to do. And then they set out and they end up accomplishing it. And we celebrate with them. We give them a pat on the goal. And it's amazing. But you know, if I were to ask you, and I actually am, I'm asking you right now, what is the main goal of your life or what are you making the main goal of your life? And your response and my response was, you know, relationships, possessions, a status, uh, you know, experiences, one of, you know, a hundred different reasons that we could give. I would have to say that I think we're missing the bigger picture for our reason for being the reason that God has us here. What, what does Paul say about some of the things in life that we make as our goals? He says this in Philippians 3, 4, 8. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. You know, sometimes these goals give us confidence in life. He says this, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. He's like, if you think your goals and what you've accomplished in life are great, well, I've done more. He says this in verse 4, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But, but whatever were gained to me, I now consider lost. For the sake of Christ, Jesus, my Lord, for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ. Perhaps in life you've made it your goal to have an amazing relationship, amazing marriage and that's the goal of your, your life, to be an amazing mum or dad. Maybe, maybe for you growing up in life, your family didn't have much. And so you've determined, I'm not going to be like that. My family, I'm going to be able to provide and give out of an abundance that I'm going to have. And perhaps for you, your goal in life was to have a great career, to be prominent in your industry, to have people looking up at you, status, fame, all those kinds of things. And, and today, is it wrong to have relationships? No, of course not. Is it wrong to have possessions? Of course it's not. Is it wrong to have status and fame and those types of things? No, it is not wrong to have those. It's only wrong when we prioritize those goals above and beyond the goal. Let me say it again. It's only wrong when we prioritize those things above and beyond and before the goal. So what's the goal? 
message is titled, Know the Goal. So what's the goal? Well, I'm about to tell you, and if you've got pen and paper, you want to write this down, get your phone, get your notes app out to type it in. Uh, I'm just about to tell you now. This is going to blow your world. This is, this is like some truth bombs. It's just going to explode your brain, and uh, you're going to walk away from this message like, wow, this is something brand new. I'm going to tell everyone, are you ready? You're not going to want to forget this. Let me give you a moment to compose yourself. Get ready. Here it is. What's the goal? Philippians 3, 10. Uh, Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Church, Christian, man, woman, young person, child, parent, whoever you are, person, the goal is to know Christ. That's the goal of our existence. That's the reason we're here, to know Christ. It's that simple. It's not complicated. It's not deep. It's not mysterious. It's not complex. It's very, very simple. The goal is to know Christ, to know Jesus. And see, we're distracted by earthly goals, possessions, status, relationships, all these types of things. But the goal has always been and will always be to know Jesus, to know Christ. And to know Christ is to experience Christ. It's not just having factual knowledge of the historical Jesus figure. It's to know that Jesus is our savior, to know why he came. He came to die for us because of our sins. We could not make ourselves right with the Father. And so Jesus says, I will go live a perfect life, die in their place as a substitute for them, take the punishment, the wages of sin upon myself. But I will rise again and in rising again, offer new life. To that which was once dead, humanity is now alive in Christ. That is the goal. He offers us eternal life and relationship with the Father. He offers us freedom from sin. This is knowing Christ. I want to know Christ. There are so many things in this world that I greatly value, and yet I must discover, and you must discover, what Paul discovered and that compared to Christ, everything we treasure as valuable is actually garbage, is actually rubbish. So how do we know Jesus? How is it that we can know him if that is the goal in life? I think Paul answers this really well in verse 12 of Philippians 3. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at the goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Let me say it again. I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. How do we know Jesus? We let Jesus take hold of us. Let Jesus, how do you know Jesus? Let Jesus take hold of you. See, there's a reason Jesus took hold of you. Because he loves you, yes. Because he wants to spend eternity with you, yes. But more than just that, he has a divine plan and a purpose for your life. Jesus wants to take hold of you. And there's things that he wants you to accomplish. There's things that he wants to accomplish through you for his kingdom. Not for your life, but for his kingdom. See, you're part of his master plan for mankind. You're a, a vital part of what Jesus, what God needs to accomplish here in this time, in this season, in this area of the world that you live in. Jesus has you here 
for a plan and a purpose. You've got a vital part. You have a starring role. Your part is critical. You have untapped godly potential within you. There might be someone listening today and God is calling you to ministry. He's calling you to preach the gospel message. And when you do that, as you're faithful to him, there's going to be thousands, tens of thousands people of people come to know Jesus Christ through you. Someone else, you might be here and you're called to start and you're called to run a business that's going to employ tens, maybe hundreds of staff and to be really successful and to be uh, accomplish many great things in the business world. And God is calling you to say, hey, as you grow your business, that's because I want you to use it for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Another God could be calling you to be a voice for the downtrodden, the unrepresented in society, the, the lost, the hurting, to fight injustices in, in our world. And God wants you to bring the love of Jesus Christ to the unloved. And it could be that as you let Jesus take hold of you, he might plant something into your heart of what his purpose is for your life. If you would let Jesus take hold of you. Then the second way to know Jesus is for you, is for me, is for us to take hold of Jesus. See, Jesus that takes hold of us and we take hold of him. We can't be all God has called us to be without us grabbing onto Jesus and holding on tight to him. I've got to say in this last season, I've been holding on to Jesus tighter than I have ever before. It's been a trying time. Can I say, and I'm sure there's other people who are the same, it's been a trying time emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and I've been drained. Uh, being really open with you, church, I've been drained in all those areas, emotionally, spiritually, uh, mentally, physically drained and tired. But I find, I find church, and I pray this helps you this Today, I find church, when I grab hold of Jesus, when I grab a hold of him, there's a peace that comes over me. When I grab a hold of Jesus and what he said and who he is, the person of Jesus Christ and his love for me, when I grab a hold of him, there's a renewal that I find in my spirit. There's a hope that starts to well up afresh in my heart. There's a faith that starts to attach itself to the words that I speak. So I'm no longer speaking words of negativity or words of no power, but I start to say, hey, in faith, Jesus, it's all good because you're with me, Jesus. Better days are coming, a hope and a faith that stirs that up in me. There's a vision that starts to come back for my future as I grab a hold of Jesus. We've got to hold on to Jesus, church especially in the times that we're living in. And it's coming a day where, you know, we may not be able to meet in church at the moment because of health reasons, you know, the pandemic, whether you believe it or not, I don't really care, but that's the reason we're not meeting at the moment. But there's coming at a church when we're not going to be able to meet because we believe in Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you that in that day when it comes and it's possibly not too far away, you're going to have to grab a hold of Jesus Christ and hold on tight to him. See, when you let Jesus take hold of you and you take hold of him, you start to know who Jesus is. Wonder what your life might look like if you let Jesus take hold of you and if you took hold of Jesus. How might your world would be different? 
I wonder what type of church Elevation Melbourne West would be if we were a church that said, Jesus, take hold of my life. If we were a church that said, Jesus, we want to take hold of you. Jesus, take hold of us. Jesus, we want to take hold of you. We want to know you. (coughs) Jesus, we want you to be our goal in life. I believe that's a place that would see God move in a powerful way. I believe in our families, we would see Jesus do miracles and I put opportunities and come upon us in a powerful way to lead people to know Jesus Christ. And then out of that to see blessings flow upon our life. I believe that's a place where people be transformed, saved, healed and set free. I believe that's a church that would impact this community that we're in, in West Footscray and the western suburbs of Melbourne, this great city that we live in. Philippians 3, 13, 14. Let me just say it again. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on toward the goal that to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So if the goal is Jesus, what's the prize? Church, if the goal is Jesus Christ today and to take hold of him, and for him to take hold of us, what's the prize? The prize is this, Christ-likeness. The prize in our life when Jesus is our our goal is Christ-likeness in our own lives. Let me say it again. The goal is to know Christ and the prize is to become like Christ. Paul's heart attitude was, let me know Jesus so that I can become like Jesus. And I want to have the same heart attitude that Paul had. I want to know Jesus. And in knowing Jesus, I want to become more like Jesus. (coughs) Church, I want to let you know today, I'm far from Jesus. I'm far from being like Jesus. But as I grab more and more a hold of him, ask my wife, ask my kids. But as as I grab more and more a hold of him, I want to become more like Jesus. We put our goals aside to have the goal of knowing Jesus. We let Jesus take hold of us. We say, Jesus, I want to take hold of you. And as we do that, we become more like Jesus Christ. The world doesn't need more successful people. The world doesn't need more you know, possessions. The world doesn't need more status and fame. The world needs more of Jesus in this world. And the way the world sees Jesus is through you and I as we become more Christ-like. And those teams that are battling for the championship cup or the trophy, they don't focus on the prize. They focus on the goal, the finish line. The goal precedes the prize. Knowing Jesus precedes being like Jesus. And, and I know many, many people say to themselves, if I can just become a better person, if I can become good, if I can become like Jesus, then I'll be in a place where I've, my life is right enough to know Jesus You've got it back to front. You've got it around the wrong way. You've got it flipped upside down. The goal is to know Jesus and then you can become like Jesus. Don't make becoming like Jesus your goal. Make knowing Jesus your goal. As you know him, you become like him. As I close today, let's keep our eyes on the goal. Let's know the goal. His name is Jesus Christ. God, today in this place, wherever people are watching or listening, I just pray right now, Jesus, if there's, uh, for the many Christians who are watching, I just pray right now, God, if we've maybe got our goal prioritized in the wrong way, if we're maybe making possessions, 
relationship status, those types of things, whatever, some other thing, the goal in life, I just pray right now, Jesus, there's a conviction from your Holy Spirit coming around us. There's an awakening, there's an awareness that those have been our goals. Jesus, bring us back to the true goal, the one goal, the reason that we're here, to know Jesus Christ. Jesus, remind us today, the church, remind us, God, as the church, in our families, in our homes, God, we put Jesus first. We prioritize Him. He's our goal in life. As we do that, something amazing happens in our life. We're transformed into the likeness of Christ. Jesus, we're living a more righteous life. Jesus, when things go wrong, you're the first person we turn to. Jesus, when we talk to friends who are going through a hard time, we find reasons to talk about you, Jesus. As we know you, we become like you. Maybe today you're here and you don't know Jesus like that. I mean, you know of Jesus, but you cannot say that Jesus, Jesus has taken hold of your life. And you can't say that you've taken hold of Jesus. Today, I want to give you the opportunity to know him in a way like that. It's the most special friendship, the most special relationship you can ever have. But Jesus is not just your friend. He's your savior. He died for you to save you from the sins that you have done in your life, that I've done in my life. See, your sins mean that you are going to spend eternity separated from God. You're going to spend eternity in a place called hell. But God in his great love and wisdom for the world, he offers a way out. He offers us his son, Jesus Christ, to be our savior. And today, if you would say, Jesus, come upon my life, come into my life. I want you to be my savior. He will save you from that eternity and offer you instead an eternal life in heaven. And also in this life here now, power and strength to get through what you're going through, through His Holy Spirit. So say this prayer with me today. Dear Jesus, I want to know you. Be my Savior. Be my goal. Say it again with me today. Dear Jesus, I want to know you. Be my Savior. Be my goal. Lord Jesus, as people have prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe for the first time in a long time, I just pray right now today, Jesus, right in this very moment, they're starting to know who you are. They're starting to receive from your Holy Spirit a revelation of your love for them, what you did for them, a knowing of who you are, God. Jesus, take a hold of their life. Take a hold of their life. Shake it up, Jesus. Shake their life to the very foundation so that they know that you are real. God, I pray that this week that they will take hold of you, Jesus Christ, and that you will bless their lives and that you would be with them as you are their Savior. In Jesus' mighty name.